We are starting a new series tonight because it's January and that's what I do in January and every month. And the series is called Stories. And in this series, we're going to talk about some of the better known stories in the Bible and what we can learn from them. Um, and so through this series, <coughs> I'm going to remind you that even though you've probably heard these stories like a million times in your life, uh, whether you've heard them once or a million times, I want you to remember what, it, or try to put yourself into the place of the people that are in the stories. Try to put yourself into that place and what it would be like, what it would feel like. And so we're going to start with Jonah. And so everybody knows the story of Jonah, but I'm going to read starting with Jonah 1, 1 through 3. Uh, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He brought a, bought a ticket and went on board, uh, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. So, taking away the fact that it's fairly silly to try to escape from an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, uh, Jonah... A lot of people don't want to do what God called them to do. So the very first time when I was in college, uh, I got called to ministry. I felt the call. I had no idea what it meant. I definitely knew that I couldn't public speak. And so it's not that I said no, but I continued going in a different path. I, I kept going to church. I was a Christian. I didn't stop being a Christian, any of that stuff. But I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I should do. And so I didn't. Now, I continued seeking him. And so eventually it came me back, brought me back around to where I am now, obviously, but a lot of people don't necessarily want to do what they feel called to do. Um, it never works out truly. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't, quote unquote, go do something else. But it means that you're always going to feel that that lack of, of belonging, that lack of, of just being at home. Like it's when you're doing what you're called to do, when you're doing what you're meant to do, like you really feel different. Now, Jonah was not doing it because he didn't want to do. Jonah was doing it, was running away because he didn't think the Ninevans deserved uh, God. He's like, and so he says this later, um, but Jonah is running because he said, this isn't fair. If I talk to them and tell them about God, they're going to choose God and ask for forgiveness, and he's going to save them. That's how much Jonah hated other people. That's how much Jonah thought he was special for having the word. Now, unfortunately, in the world, a lot of people sometimes feel like that. Like, we feel like certain people don't deserve forgiveness, or certain people don't for, don't deserve to hear about God, or certain people don't deserve uh, anything that we have. And so that can... that always comes from a place of anger or misunderstanding, but it very quickly leads to hatred. And so Jonah, who was a man of God, a man who had preached for God, a man who was a prophet of God, a man who had been saved by God, he is so angry and full of himself that he runs away to avoid trying to help people. Now you can imagine what that would be like today if you heard that, where somebody's like, well, I, don't, I think that those people don't deserve help at all, so I'm going to run in this different direction. Like you'd immediately be like, what's up with this guy? And so that's where we start. Like a lot of people talk about Jonah and they jump straight to the whale and they jump straight to, to the, the, what happens there and how he eventually goes. But it starts with this feeling of other people not being worth it. Now here's the thing, and we're going to jump ahead a couple thousand years. Jesus died for everybody. He didn't die for just people who uh, go to the Methodist church. He didn't die for just guys or just girls. He didn't die for just people who uh, we like. He died for everybody. That doesn't mean that everybody... Uh, 
is going to choose him, but it means that everybody has that chance to choose him. And so this was still true here. Like God loved everybody. He wanted the Ninevans to, to see him. He wanted everyone to have a chance no matter what. And so that's why he wants to send Jonah. Uh, we go to the next part here. And this is still in chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord. This is when he's on the boat. Uh, running away. I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. So basically, uh, to tell you what happened to lead up to this, Jonah got on the boat to run away from God. He got on the boat, even though maybe not everybody was paying attention to him, he got on the boat to run away from God. And so while he's running away from God, these horrible storms pop up because God knows where he is and he's trying to teach him a lesson. And when the storms pop up, the boat is sinking and everything's going poorly and everybody's scared. All the sailors are like, what's going on? Who did this? Who did what? Now here's what makes Jonah kind of weird. Um, so Jonah, who hated people so much that he didn't want to even talk about God to them, now was willing to sacrifice himself for these other people that he didn't know. And so it shows that sometimes people have these weird dichotomies, these weird dual natures where, where they have just nothing really makes sense. And it can be really hard to understand them at that point. But this also shows that he at least had a heart. He's not perfect. He's obviously doing the wrong thing. He's obviously uh, not got a heart for everyone, but he at least is willing to not let other people die for his mistakes, which is something. And so that is an important part too. No matter how bad someone is, and you can picture anybody you want, uh, there is something good in them. This does not mean that everybody, uh, it, that not everybody, that there aren't people that deserve consequences, because sometimes people do bad things and they deserve consequences. This does not mean you have to be best friends with everybody, because you don't have to be. This does not even mean you have to like everybody, but this is to say, if you're ever thinking, well, that person is worthless, that's not true, because no one is worthless. Now, there are people that do bad things, and there are people that will continue to do bad things and will never choose God, and that sucks, but that's on them. On us is to not be like Jonah. On us is to not necessarily, you know, again, be friends with everybody or even like everybody, but to understand that we are trying to be different. We are trying to hope. We are trying to hope that everyone has a chance to choose him. Everyone has a chance to see him through us. And so that's at the heart of this story, the fact that Jonah refused to do that and yet still was willing to sacrifice himself. Now, to show that he's not entirely good, he also was using that sacrifice to kind of get away from God. And he thought, this is going to be it. I'm not going to have to go help people. And so it's kind of, again, this messy situation. And so we're going to go to jump to chapter 2, verses 5 through 9. Uh, I sank beneath the waves, and the water closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself, this is Jonah writing, itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, uh, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. Um, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on God and all God's mercies. Uh, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. So this is what he says as he's being rescued from the whale. So he's swallowed by a great fish. We know this story, Jonah and the whale. We know this story, Jonah and the great fish, however you want to say it. Uh, he's While he's in the water, instead of dying, a fish 
a great fish swallows him and he's in there and he's praying and he's praying and he's praying. This is a man who thought that God shouldn't save everybody. This is a man who had anger and hatred in his heart. This is a man who thought he was better than everybody else. But when the chips are down, he is praying for forgiveness. And in this passage here, he talks about the fact that God is holy and God is forgiving and God is loving. All of these things he didn't want to show to other people. Um, In our lives, there are going to be times that we think everybody else is stupid. Like, uh, I've used this example before in in quote-unquote big church, but not everybody here drives, but sometimes when you do, uh, let's say that you're driving down the road and, and, you know, the person in front of you is going like just under the speed limit. And so they're slowing you down and you're in a hurry because you want to get to Cane's and you're supposed to meet Rob and he's going to buy you chicken and, and everybody's going to kind of celebrate and take pictures and send them to Cooper who's at home and can't go. And so uh, he... The person in front of you is going just under the speed limit. And so you're like, this person's so stupid. Like, they're slowing me down. I can't believe it. And then they turn off. And so you're finally, you know, going. And then the person behind you speeds up, and they're right on you. And you're like, this person's going too fast. That's so stupid. You see what I'm saying is we always understand what we're doing. Like, our speed is always the correct speed. The way we drive, the way we walk, the way we do things is always the correct way because we understand it. But everybody else, whether they're going too slow or too fast... Uh, or whatever they do, like it's like we don't understand that, and so we are immediately looking at it through our lens, and that's what Jonah does. Uh, as Christians, we are not exempt from that. In fact, you, you can know a lot of people in the world who kind of treat everybody else like they don't matter, like they themselves have everything figured out and everybody else is wrong. And that's a sucky way to go through life, and it's a hard way, and that's not what Jesus did, because Jesus did have everything right, and Jesus did treat everyone right, and Jesus did have like the ability to walk around and say, hey, you suck and you're doing everything bad. But he didn't. He said, I love you no matter what. I'm going to help you to see what's different. I'm going to help you to see how to be better. And so finally Jonah gets that. And so he gets out of the whale, he gets off the shore, and he's like, I'm going to go to Nineveh because he made this bargain with God. He's like, if you save me, I will go to Nineveh. And so here we go to chapter 3. Uh, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and uh, deliver this message I've given you. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, "Uh, Forty days from now Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. So basically everything that he'd been afraid of happens. Nineveh hears the message. They hear who God is. They hear that he has enough love for them to give them a warning. And they turn to him. And so this entire city, which was considered evil, this entire city of people, which had never heard the message before, hears the message and changes. Now, Jonah's reaction should be of, you know what, I learned my lesson. That's what we would hope for. That's if it were a story, if it were a movie, that would be the story. That would be the movie. Jonah learns his lesson, and he's like, man, I almost messed this up. These people really found God, and that's awesome. His response is to go and cry in the desert and say, this sucks. This is exactly what I said would happen. God saved these people. I don't know if you can imagine that, but if you can, imagine somebody who is a pastor or a missionary or something being so upset that people listen to them being so upset that people turn to God that they go off and they yell about it and they cry about it. That's insane to think about because all we're taught from Jesus is love everybody. Do everything you can to show who he is. Do everything you can to treat people like you would want to be treated. And yet Jonah didn't do it. Now, why did he pick Jonah to go? 
Uh, part of it is because of that, because he was showing Jonah, even through this, he's like, Jonah, you got to get out of your own way and you've got to have a heart for people. And so he's trying to teach him, even though he knows that Jonah's not going to get it. He's trying to teach him because he never gives up on us. He never gives up on you. He never thinks that you're worthless. He never thinks that you don't have another chance. You're the only one who can choose against him. He will always love you. And that's important. And it's also because Jonah goes and he's just had his life saved, and so he does everything he can to tell the truth. Uh, he, he does it in a way that is true. He does it in a way about what God means. He doesn't make up stuff. He doesn't change things. He just does his job because that's what he's supposed to do, and that's what the Ninevans needed to hear. And so this entire city is changed, which is awesome. But then we go to Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. Uh, I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. That is the definition of a, a tantrum. Like he's basically saying, God, I am so angry that you're loving, and I'm so angry that you're forgiving, and I'm so angry that you work, and I'm so angry that you do good, and I'm so angry that you help people. That's insane. This is like if Rob walked in and he had a PS5 for everybody. And he hands everybody a PS5. And you've got your PS5 and you're like, this is awesome. I've always wanted one. And so you're holding it and you're petting it and, you know, you name it and you put little stickers on it. And I don't know what you do with a PS5. And so you do all of this stuff and you love that PS5 and you're so happy that Rob get it, got it for you. But then you look around and you realize he gave a PS5 to everybody. And you're like, that's garbage. This isn't fair. This is so stupid. While you're holding a PS5, you're like, this is so stupid. It's not fair that, that they got a PS5. It's not fair. And it's everybody else would be looking at you like, what is wrong with you? Like, you have this gift. Why would you care if everybody else has it? Uh, in our world, we see a lot of people do that, where they have a lot, or they have money, or they have food, or they have a good job, or they have something. And they get so upset when somebody else gets it. They act as if it takes away from their own. But if everybody in here has like 10 PS5s, it doesn't take away from the fact that you have one. If everybody in here is loved by God, that's awesome. It doesn't take away from the love he has for you. And yet Jonah acts like such a baby. And this is somebody who was a man of God. He acts like such a baby that even though he's been saved, literally had his life saved by God, even though his life has been changed, even though he's been given chance after chance after chance, he gets so mad that God gives other people chances. That is the definition of hypocrisy. And hypocrisy is awful. It's one of the things that I can't stand the most in the world. But we all are guilty of it one time or another because we all get so caught up in our lives. And we get so caught up in our understandings. And we get so caught up in what we think should happen that we forget that other people matter, that other people have lives, that other people have stories, that, that everybody else you know, has their own stuff going on. And so Jonah shows us just the... the, the what it looks like when we act like that to other people, when we're upset that other people are forgiven, when we're upset that other people are saved, when we're upset that other people get something good to happen to them. It doesn't hurt us. And it's important for us to notice that. It's important for us to learn this. As it goes, and I don't have the scripture here, but as it goes, like God tries to teach him a lesson one more time. And so he has a plant grow up in the desert and go over his head and like shade him from the sun. And so Jonah's like, phew, 
man, it was so hot and this is nice. And then God like has a worm eat the plant and it goes away. And the point is so that he can be like, hey, see, I gave you this plant and I took it away. I'm the one in charge. I've got you under control. Like, I'm good. It's good. You just have to trust me. But what Jonah does is he throws a fit again. And he's like, this is the worst thing in the world. I had this plant and now I don't. And it's awful. And everything in my life sucks. And and I hate everybody and all of this. And God's like, dude, you didn't grow this plant. Like, you didn't make those people. And so he tries to reach out to him, and he tries to teach him this lesson. And Jonah does not get it. And unfortunately, you know, we don't know what happens to Jonah, but the way that it leaves him in that book is just given in to his anger and his hatred. And so probably he didn't end up following God. Like, probably that this man who had a chance to help other people, this man who had a chance to show other people what's right, he turned away from God, even though he had seen that God would help him, that God would forgive him. In our lives, it's going to be hard to be nice to everybody, and you're not always going to succeed. It's going to be hard to treat other people like you'd want to be treated, and you're not always going to succeed. But it's important to do your best to have empathy, to do your best to put yourself in other people's shoes, to do your best to remember that God loves everybody, no matter who the other people are, no matter what you think of them. And again, I say you don't have to be best friends with everybody. You don't have to like everybody, but we are not here to judge or to condemn or to hate. We are here to do our best to show people the love that we have been shown, to learn from people like Jonah and to learn from people throughout the Bible and throughout history and just do our best to be like Jesus because we all can do that because everybody here, everybody out there has at some point had something happen to them that they didn't deserve, but they got for good because God loves them, because God loves us. And so we do our best to then go out and show people what that means to us and show people that love and show people exactly who he is. And that's all I got.